Okay, so for those who don't know, I just want to introduce myself really quick. My name is Eunice. Uh, I am not a student. And I'm not a student. People always say, oh, yeah, wow, I thought you were like a mature senior. I'm like, I'm not a senior. Uh, I may look like one. I actually graduated five years ago. You can do the math. Uh, in Virginia Tech. And uh, if you guys don't know what that is, it's, a, it's in a state called Virginia at the east side of the U.S., okay? And so I'm from the States. I was born and raised there. I came to Korea five years ago, actually, uh, because a lot of my Virginia Tech alumni, the Christian fellowship that we were at there, uh, one of them came, and then five of them came, and then everyone just started talking about how great Korea was. So it was either Korea or moving to California, because I've always wanted to, or getting a job right away in boring Northern Virginia. And so it was going to be either, right? So I decided to come to Korea, and I came about, yeah, five years ago, uh, wasn't planning on staying here for five years, but uh, so we're part of a church called New Philadelphia Church, and it's not from Philly. Um, it's just that's what it's called. It's based off a Bible verse in the Bible, Bi- a verse in the Bible, and um, yeah, it's just one year has turned into two, turned into three, and I started serving uh, in the college ministry that was only at Yonsei University at the time. But then we planted a campus at SNU Seoul National about two years ago, and then we planted KU in the spring of 2000. 13. And so this campus is actually the newest. Uh, and it's actually been like maybe, yeah, it's been a year and a half. And it started off with like 10 people. And it was me and another staff and nine girls and one guy, like one faithful guy. And uh, it was like a one-on-one familiar small group. It was like a small group, right? And so, and then we would actually do large groups at Yonsei University. So we would commute from like KU to Shinchon like every single Tuesday and just go there, right? For those who don't know, that's really what happened. And then like when we kicked off our first large group like a year ago, I mean, it was just kind of, you know, like maybe a few students and it was really good. And then last semester was really good. And this semester, I'm just so excited. And whenever people tell me like why you know why do you keep doing this and I actually do this for a living uh I just really I'm not even trying to sell this ministry I'm just trying to sell God but I cannot deny how many students I've come across every single semester those four years right and that's eight semesters yeah, I've been for four years every single semester like I just I can't even I could sit down with you at a coffee shop and tell you like hours of like how good God is to students who come from all over the world, like exchange students or like, you know, one semester, one year, whatever. Right. And they just come and some of them are believers and some of them are not. And they're just curious and they just leave like completely on fire for God. And like the journey that I got to witness every single semester, like just that, just that period of like darkness to light of like depression to joy, like just not even knowing who God is, even though they went to church all their lives to completely knowing him at like a crazy intimate level like a relationship having a relationship with him and because of that I really I don't mind doing this I think it's just I get so excited every semester and um yeah I mean I guess when you guys talk to the other staff and the student leaders you'll they'll probably know they'll know what I'm talking about but it's just every semester like he just moves like just so so powerfully and so with that said are you guys ready for this fall yeah Yeah, you sound really excited. Um, Okay, so today I'm actually going to talk to you about priorities, okay? Everyone knows what priorities are, right? And so if you're taking notes, which I really encourage you to do so, it's not just going to be me speaking every Tuesday. We're going to have guest speakers from our church. Um, Yeah, just 
rotating every Tuesday. So you guys get the privilege. They come over here to university and they're going to speak. And actually, a lot of good feedback has always come from KU. Like They just love KU. They love the campus. They love how the large group room is less than five minutes away like from the station, like things like that, right? So if you're taking notes, the title of the sermon is called Get Your Priorities Straight. Okay? Turn to your neighbor and say, Get Your Priorities Straight. Get it straight. And by the way, um, if you're feeling like tired or like whatever, I want just everyone to just take a deep breath. Uh, I know it's a little bit hot in here. It's okay. It's going to get a little better. I promise I'm not going to speak for that long. Uh, but I do want you guys to be alert because I really do believe the word that I had for you today is really pivotal to hear in the beginning of the semester than at the very end. Okay. And so, yes, the title is Get Your Priorities Straight. Um, everyone has priorities everybody right and i was looking at priorities like the definition if someone were to ask me like what uh what what is priority what does it mean right and there's like all these like you know like these these definitions but one one definition that really stuck out is uh that stuck out was uh what you give special attention to okay and so yeah basically that's what it is and honestly you're the one that decides what's the priority if you think about it right it's based on you number it on your list based off of what's important to you uh what you care about the most where your focus and your special attention goes to that's those are your priorities and so if you don't know like hey like i don't really know i'm not really the type to make priorities or a list of it i don't even know what it is um there you go it's what you spend most of your focus on most of your time on um special attention to like what do you what are these things that you give special attention to, right? And so, um, you know, when I was really deciding on what I wanted to speak about, uh, a huge thing that God was burning on my heart was, um, let's just start it on the right foot, okay? And, you know, we're all from different places. Some of you guys are here for four years. Some of you guys are here for one semester. Um, all different backgrounds, like whatever it is. But whatever intention or motive that you came here into this nation, into this university with, like, whatever the motive was, uh, what the, my, the biggest encouragement that I really want you guys to leave with is to get your priorities straight. And I'm not talking about school. I'm not talking about friends or hobbies because those are priorities, and those are really important ones. But to really focus on who should actually be at the very top of that list, okay? And so uh, with that said, if you guys have your Bibles and if you have your little Bible apps, can you turn to Haggai? H-A-G-G-A-I, Haggai. It's a short book that's after Zephaniah that's in that Micah and Jonah and Daniel, Hosea, that, that little gang. Okay, so it's like towards the end of Old Testament. I had to look that up and actually remember it. <laughs> Honestly, I almost didn't know where it was. It was so embarrassing. Um, Haggai chapter one. It's a very short chapter. If you don't have your Bible, it's okay. I'm going to read it out for you anyway. But... Um, Yes, Haggai chapter 1. Okay, so uh, if you are there, I'm going to read it out loud, but I want you guys to try your best to follow along with me. I will explain this passage throughout the rest of my sermon. Um, And just to give you a little context, uh, there is an army in Babylon. This was like actually in 586 BC, an army in Babylon. They destroyed this temple in Jerusalem, which was actually God's house. But then a couple of years later, the king at the time, King Cyrus, he told the Jews that they can go back to that city and rebuild the temple again. So when they were about to rebuild the temple, they started rebuilding it, but then opposition came. They got discouraged, dropped their weapons, and they just stopped. And their work was to a halt. 
Okay, so you need to know that when I read this. Okay, I'm going to start from verse 1. In the second year, King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shittil, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are never warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. And this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. I call for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, and everything else the ground produces, on people and livestock, and on all the labor of your hands. Then Zerubbabel, son of Shatil, Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai, because the Lord their God had sent him, and the people feared the Lord. So then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shetil, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. They came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God. And on the 24th day of the sixth month. All right. Uh, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God for those who know. Thanks be to God. Okay. So uh, now I want to walk you through this passage, okay? And uh, I'm going to break it down little by little, and I'm going to clearly communicate the message that I really want you to get out of this. So let's start with verse 3 to 4, right? Verses 3 to 4 says, The word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Okay. Uh, verse nine also says that God's house remains a ruin while all the people are busy with their homes. Uh, the basic thing is like what I told you before, we order priorities based off of importance, based off of preference, based off of what is, you know, really important to us. Uh, and the people in this passage were too busy, concentrated and focused on beautifying their own homes and beautifying their own luxury, like whatever they want. They put that as their utmost priority which eventually caused them to neglect their relationship with the Lord. Meaning his house was in shambles and he was like, are you seriously going to concentrate on your homes right now when my house is like in ruins? Is that, is that good? And they had no idea. Like they just kind of like forgot at why they were even rebuilding and they just kind of got carried away, lost the purpose of it. Right. And so the problem is that sometimes we end up prioritizing based off of what is important to us, but not what is important to the Lord. And we need to know this because when you put your priorities and you, you order them and you number them on your list, one thing that I do want to uh, encourage you guys to ask yourselves is where, where is God in that? And yeah, where is he on that list? And if God were to take our list and prioritize it, where do you think he's going to put himself in? Definitely not on the bottom, guys. Yeah, right? The top. Okay. And so he, he's definitely his desire and actually a commandment in the Bible is you shall have, not have any other gods before me. 
I'm going to be at the top. I want to be above everybody, right? And um, I should be of utmost importance to your life. And um, with these people, they were too comfortable. Uh, they were too comfortable in the luxury of their own homes and based off of what was important to them. And if you want to put this in today's context, our luxuries, the things that are really important to us, in this realm, right? I, you know, back then they didn't have Facebook, but right now I'm pretty sure Facebook is a personal luxury to a lot of people in this room, right? Social media, YouTube, Pinterest, Snapchat, 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 uh, whatever that is. So I just, I just heard it's really like popular. Yeah. Snapchat. And, um, yeah. What, yeah. To the native Sci world. Okay. Like, you know, whatever, like Sci world, right? Okay. It's like saying Zynga to Korean Americans. <laughs> I'm probably sure. Well, I don't know what's big in uh, Korea right now. Anyways, anyways, yeah. So it was Sci World when I was in high school. So Sci <laughs> World. Um, and um, yeah, basically, like, I want to ask you guys, what is, what are your personal luxuries? Like, what is it? And I can, I can tell you, mine are movies. My, my biggest thing is I'm, I'm obsessed with movies. Like, I, I can't. I can't, yeah, I'm like super excited. Sarah lived with me for like a semester. All I watch is movies. I would be so happy, you know, like just, <laughs> yeah, thank you, Sarah. Okay, um, yeah, but I think uh, just movies are a huge priority. And actually to the point where I wouldn't even read the Bible or pray as much. I'd rather, I'd rather watch a movie or <laughs> I'd rather watch a TV show or um, an American one. And so, yeah, it was just very... These are the things that really, really took up my time. And if you guys saw my testimony, I shared it in the past semester. Definitely a priority of my entire life was dating. And it was dating, yeah, dating guys, obviously, but it was dating. And it was just like a, it was a, I was going to say, yeah, it was dating guys. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was dating all my life, all my life. God was never, 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 never in the, in the top. Actually, it was probably guys and the guy that I was dating. And then, and then God was like right there. And he was just, yeah, right there, right? And, um, it was, it was just terrible, guys. Really, I reap nothing uh, but pain and suffering. And so, yeah, it was just, that, that just goes to show a lot of my priorities were out of order and things like that, right? And just like these people, God sends Haggai the prophet to call them to re-examine their priorities and to really be like, hey, stop what you're doing. Um, is this really important? Like, is what you're doing right now, is it really going to benefit? And um, he really had them to steer away from their personal pleasures and just to get their eyes to open up on putting him first, okay? Um, so if you kind of move on to verses 5 and 6, um, it says, like the Lord Almighty says, give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvest a little. Uh, you eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are never warm, and you earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. So depressing. That's a very pessimistic verse, right? But it's true. Like, if you don't put God first, the number one thing you're going to reap is dissatisfaction. And I want everyone to write that down, whoever's taking notes. If you do not put God first in your life, no matter what you do, no matter what you invest your time in, you will never, ever be satisfied. I don't care what you say. You will not. You will not be satisfied. You can get an A-plus on the exam that you tried really, really hard at, but I guarantee the next day you're going to always want something more. And like, you know, just dissatisfaction after dissatisfaction after dissatisfaction. And actually what you uh, experience, even if it is satisfaction, it's temporary, guys. It's never permanent if you don't put God in the center of it. And, um, 
It says in John uh, chapter 4, verse 13 to 14, it's one of my favorite verses. But Jesus says, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water well up to eternal life. Meaning whatever that you get on your own and to your own benefit, you will always be thirsty, always be hungry, always wanting more, right? But just one taste one encounter, one visit with God. You, honestly, like five minutes with God could satisfy you even more than like 30 minutes of a TV show, than 30 minutes of Facebook or like whatever, right? And so um, just this is, you know, I think a recent example I can really give is uh, we all had summer breaks, right? Even I have a summer break because we don't do Emmaus in the summer, right? And so during like the summer break, like I'm all about like what James is so excited about, was excited about, was a break. And um, I, I kid you, I'm a big sucker for Sabbath seasons, right? When we just don't work and I love relaxing and um, I can be, this is the term that we use in New Philly, like flag out. Like phlegmatic is a temperament where you're just super chill and I can go with no agenda. People think I need one. I really don't need one. And um, when I don't need one, I, I really don't have one. And so it's just really like I can just be at home, just like watch TV shows. I could actually sit in silence, not talking to anyone. I'd be completely happy because I'm not doing anything. Yeah. And I'm not doing anything. Um, so like June was awesome. July was awesome in my own selfish way of saying it and then by the time it was august i really paid for it because like i started just like you know it was just i didn't i have to really admit i'm being honest um uh, just my qt's my quiet times with the lord everything it was just kind of like barely there and it was very occasional and uh it was every time i went to prayer meetings our Sunday morning prayer meetings and all these, you know, other things. And I, I would open it up and I would read, but, and then I would pray like during commutes, walking, like I just never made that much time. And I kid you not, like by the time it was August, the more I started just chilling with friends and doing stuff, I just started feeling so unsatisfied. And I know it's like a very dramatic example too, but even whatever I ate, like I just, I just wasn't satisfied. Like I just wouldn't, I actually started uh, towards the very end. If you ask my roommates, I just didn't have any cravings. I didn't feel like eating anything. Like nothing was satisfying me. I just started eating uh, cucumbers and like tuna and bread. I don't know why. <laughs> it was really weird. But because like everything else didn't taste good. And I, and then everything start literally started tasting like sand. I feel like there was a curse on me. Like it was just so weird. And, uh, just whatever I ate, like whatever, you know, I did everything just, it wasn't satisfying. And I realized, and God really convicted me saying that, um, it's cause you're looking for something more, but you're obviously not, you're not searching for it in me. Such a simple revelation. I've been a Christian for like 27 years or whatever, but it's just over and over again, I had to continually tell myself this. So I got back on track. And yeah, basically, that was just like a heavy anecdote I wanted to tell you guys with this. Uh, the second one, the second thing that we read when we don't put God first is delayed blessings. Delayed blessings. Okay? Uh, in verse 10, it says, Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. The key word here is withheld. Meaning it was there and the blessing is there and it's hanging over there on the roof of your head, but it's withheld from God because we're not putting him first. And I want to really tell you, like, if you've been waiting for a breakthrough, um, you know, just kind of being like, God, like, what is the wait? What's going on? Uh, why does it feel like you're late, you know, to answering my prayers or things like that? Honestly, perhaps it's because you are not putting him first in your priorities. And it sounds so simple, but sometimes the simplest things are the hardest things to follow, right? Or the hardest things to really grasp. And so 
you know, back then, uh, grain, grapes, olives, all the things that are mentioned in this verse were actually Israel's major crops to the point where people depended on them for security. And because they depend on it so much, uh, the scripture says that the Lord withheld the earth from its crops, right? And there was a drought that prevented these crops from even coming out and being produced. And uh, so, yeah, really, ultimately, we're wasting time. Because all the blessings that could have been coming, they're all being withheld and delayed. All because we're not really putting it first in our lives, right? Um, the third thing that we reap is, uh, by not putting God first, is just no fruitfulness or productivity. That's a huge thing. No fruitfulness and productivity. Uh, in verse 11, I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains on the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, and everything else the ground produces on people and livestock and all the, all the labor of our hands. Nothing that you put your work through will prosper. Okay. If you do not put God first, in fact, the harder these people worked for themselves, the less they started to have all because they're ignoring their relationship with the Lord. That's it. Sometimes when we don't produce, when, when nothing goes right, we're like, oh, why isn't this going right? Oh, this is like, you know, wrong again. Uh, what's going on? Like we think like it's like some kind of like formula that we need to fix or something on our own. Perhaps it's just simple. You just need to put God first in your life. Maybe that's what it is. And by putting God first, I'll tell you practical steps on how to do it. But I'm trying to let you guys uncover the reason of maybe this is why things have been a halt even before you even came to Korea. If you've been questioning yourselves, why is this going on? Like, what is happening here? Why aren't things moving? What's the holdup? Maybe it's really because God really hasn't been number one. Okay? Um, so, yes, with that. Uh, now, here's like the turning point of what I really want you to focus on. When uh, that was all happening with the people, God didn't just sit there, but he sent the prophet Haggai to the people, okay? And in verse 12, it says, uh, Zerubbabel, son of Shatil, and Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai, because the Lord their God had sent him, and the people feared the Lord. So when the message came to them to rebuild the temple, the two key leaders were Zerubbabel and Joshua, and they reacted immediately. And that is the key that I want us to really um, hold on to. They acted immediately, meaning, you know what immediate was back then? 23 days. That was actually a short time because whenever a prophet would come and bring a message, it wouldn't actually uh, be that quick. It would actually be a longer, longer period. So uh, it was actually rare for people to respond that quickly and to respond quickly out of obedience. And the main thing I want you guys to hear from this is when we obey, that's great. Obeying is the right thing to do. But have you ever thought of the pace, the, the timing of when you obey, right? Anyone can obey. Anybody can obey the word of the Lord, but God is looking to your response, the, the rate of your response. When are you going to do what I told you to do? And I really believe that there are people in this room, things that God is asking you to lay down, things that God is asking you to do, uh, to spend time with him, all these things. And you're like, okay, God, okay, God, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. But then it's like, when, like, what's the holdup? What is, what is taking so long? And, um, You know, I really uh, believe that at this hour, God really wants to do deep work. He really wants to bring fruitfulness and blessings. But the thing is, he is waiting for your response. He knows your heart and he sees your heart, your heart to want to obey him. But he's asking, when are you going to do this? So the irony is you are waiting for the Lord when in fact he is waiting for you. Maybe that is really the case. Okay. Uh, the last verse and the last thing is the Lord, he blesses and encourages those who obey him. Right. In verse 13, uh, Haggai, the Lord's messenger gave this message and, um, 
Yeah, the message of the Lord to the people was, I am with you. I am with you, declares the Lord, right? And if we were to go on to Haggai chapter 2, it, all it talks about is how the Lord provides encouragement while the people are rebuilding and completing his temple, right? And uh, this one's pretty much explanatory, self-explanatory. Whenever we obey the word of the Lord, he obviously wants to bless and encourage you along the way. It says when the people picked up their tools again to build the house, to build his house again, he didn't just sit there and commend them from obeying them, but he cheered them on and he encouraged them as they were building his work. When you pick up the stuff that God is telling you to pick back up again, he's not just going to stare and watch you crawl back to him, but he is encouraging you. He is your number one fan. He is on your side. So when we ask, like, God, why are you against me? Or, you know, I feel like you're not really with me. He is really your number one encourager. And he is blessing. He is more than willing to bless and to encourage. Right? And I feel like it is inevitable. His blessings, fruitfulness, productivity, everything. Um, satisfaction with everything, not just our personal needs, but satisfaction in the Lord. That all comes when we obey. That all comes when we really pick up where we were with God and we put him ultimately first in first place. Okay? You guys got that? All right. Uh, turn to your neighbor. Say, get your priorities straight. Wow. It is so hot in here. Okay. Ooh, I'm so glad it's fall semester, not spring. That's good. Sean, uh, <laughs> you just pick that pick up later. Okay. Um, okay. So, uh, I think I'm telling you like this whole passage, right? I think I'm going to give you three practical tips. Okay. A lot of the times when we hear a sermon, it's like, what are we supposed to do with this? Thank you for the great story. Right. But then, uh, I really want to leave you guys with three tips. If you guys are practical, I'm very practical. If you guys are practical people, you might want to write it down. I'm going to just spell it out for you. Uh, you can do it whatever way you want. These are my tips to you guys. Okay. I want you to go home, make a list of your current priorities. Okay. If you don't even know what your priorities are, that's a problem. Second is if you want to know what they are, you ask yourself, okay, what have I been paying special attention to? Where's my focus? Uh, where do I find the most joy and invest my, uh, the most of my time in? Ask yourself that and make a list, especially throughout the day. If Facebook is a list and on the list, then Facebook is on the list. Okay. If like Korean dramas, Korean dramas, if like, you know, studying is really big for you, it's studying. If it's movies, media, like how it was for me is for me, then, you know, that's for you too. Right. And so I want you guys to make that list. And then the biggest key thing is you need to re-examine it. Okay. Re-examine, do an inventory. If you need to take some things out because they're taking too much of your time, maybe it's time to do that, okay? If you need to push certain things at the bottom and worry about those priorities later, maybe it's time to do that as well, right? And so ask yourself the sober question, where exactly are you in this list, God? If he's on the list, it might be really great to just put him in there, not at the bottom, but at the top. Okay. And so I really want to, uh, I want you guys to ask yourself that where, where is your time with the Lord in the midst of this list of priorities? Is he even in there? If he is, that's great. But where, where in the list is he, you know, in that list, where is he? Okay. And so ask yourself that. And then number two, I want you to schedule time with the Lord. The key thing about this, and this will really build up your discipline is do it at the same time every day. Okay. Do not compromise. It's like taking medicine you know to take it after you eat, like 30 minutes after you eat maybe, right? You need to prioritize your time with him by making it the same time every day and do not compromise with it, okay? If you, like, you know, okay, well, when I used to date, like every day, like 9 p.m. or something, I would, I would call my boyfriend and talk on the phone, okay? 
every day. I would leave hangouts and I would, you know, lie or, yes, lie. And then I would, you know, just like I would make it a priority because I wanted to spend time with him and talk to him and, you know, things like that. So my suggestion to you is to do in the morning. If you are a morning person and you can wake up at 6 or like at 7 or along with the sun and like you can do it, then I really want to encourage you to do in the morning because that's when you're the most alert. And at night, you don't want to give God your leftovers. And I promise you, you will fall asleep while praying. I've done that a lot before, but read the Bible while sleeping. Like that happens like all the time. I used to turn on sermons and just fall asleep to it because I liked it. You know, it's just like a lullaby, right? And so, um, but I want to suggest to you guys to do in the morning. Uh, I think there's something really special and a sensitivity in the morning. And actually, yeah, just take dominion over it. And uh, really do not compromise the time when you do so, okay? This is so that when you set your time with God in the morning, you're setting the bar for the whole day. That means I guarantee if something were to go wrong in your schedule, you would react to it in a much different way just because you spent time with the Lord. Meaning you would have more patience, you would show more grace, you would actually respond with quicker joy. But if you didn't spend time with the Lord, it actually might be out of the flesh and, you know, all those things, right? And so really set the tone for the entire day. This whole sermon is setting the tone for the entire semester. Set the tone for everything that you do. If you put a focus and a goal point at everything that you do, everything else will follow. And if you were to slip out of line, at least if that point was the same, that focal point, then you're, re- you're not really bound to just, you know, fall and to stay there. But you will be able to get right back on track, okay? And so same time every day, right? Okay, and this is number three. Last one, my shameless plug. Get plugged in and get accountability. Hashtag large group, hashtag familia, okay? Um, The reason why I'm saying this is because not only do you prioritize with your time with God individually, but he does call you into community as well. And um, actually, I know some people, I actually met students um, that told me they never grew up, even in the church community, they never really grew up with um, a small group. Like they never, they were like, what is a small group? And Honestly, I was really like, wow, like you've never been in a small group before, you know, but you know, I would explain it to them. And if you guys don't know small group, which you're going to hear in the announcements later, it's like a intimate setting. It's not like large group, but you're split guys with guys, girls with girls as a leader. And then you're, you know, tackling the Bible together. You're praying, discussing, uh, crying and praying together, eating lunch together, making really great friends for Jesus. And like, that's kind of like what it is. Okay. That's like accountability. And, uh, even with his, uh, with the church, you know, commit to a church, even with large group guys, um, it may be a habitual thing to come every Tuesday evening to this room. If we have this room and keep it, uh, it might be something like just, it's a classroom, but wherever the Lord's people gather, that's really a sanctuary. I hope you guys know that. Don't treat this room as a classroom. When I'm, when I'm talking, don't even look at me talking like that. It's really God that's speaking. Right. And I think it's such a privilege to have something like this on a university campus during your exchange, during your four years, because honestly, not many people used to have this. And people are like, oh, it's like one more day of like, you know, worship. I, I like it was on Sunday, Tuesday, you know, and like just really people think it's like an extra day. But, you know, take a think of it as a privilege. There's something that God does when college students gather that he can't do when adults and working people gather. You know what I mean? There's a special word that he wants to give to the college age group, to you and your friends, to you on this university campus, because God cares for KU. There's something special about that. And so really, when you prioritize your time, I really want to encourage you guys. There have been people who've been coming every Tuesday, every Thursday, 
or Wednesday to their small groups, and they've just been tremendously blessed. There have been people who didn't come, and they were blessed as well, but there's something that happens when you commit and you come weekly. You don't even judge it by, oh, oh, that speaker, oh, he's like a powerful pastor, I'm going to come. Or like, oh, oh, that's the Bible study lesson this week, okay, I'm going to come. It's not by your preference, but if you just make it priority no matter what, there's like a certain blessing that snowballs throughout the whole semester for that. I guarantee it, okay? And so, yeah, that's I can put that example anywhere you know like if you say i'm gonna pick up a hobby and i'm gonna make music right i'm gonna sing play the guitar and i'm gonna make beats you can do that by watching youtube channels on your own and you can do that by doing your own research online but there's something special when you ask a skilled person when you ask someone who is already knowledgeable in that area you attend their workshop you you know go to their youtube channel you meet with them face to face that you can't get when you're by yourself and I want you to tie the same thing to, to God. There's something really sweet about your time with the Lord as an individual, but there's something so great when you do it corporately and when you do it with a leader, like when you kind of like, you know, listen one-on-one with a fellow student in class, talk about God, talk about what's been going on in your life, that there's something really special about that. And so don't just prioritize your time with him by yourself, but prioritize your time with him in his house and in his community, okay? This is really... Not to sell familiar small groups and not to even come out to large group. In fact, this large group will still go on without your attendance, but it's merely for you guys. And it's something, it's like a, it's like a resource uh, that you can just kind of get, you can feed out of. So why not take the opportunity if you really think about it, right? And so just know that I want you to take every opportunity, every opportunity that, the God, that, that God uh, gives you this semester, I want you to really seize it and take it. Amen? Okay, why don't you guys stand with me?